What is author marketing mastery through optimization, you ask? I'm going to tell you. It's the best way for us authors to make a living selling our books. Are you tired of hearing gurus tell you your book is only good enough to be a lead magnet for services? Are you tired of feeling like you have to be a slave to social media and then frustrated when that time doesn't actually help you sell books? I was too, until I found Ammo. Ammo is the only program that reliably produces results and it works for anyone. Is it hard work? You bet. Do you have to overcome some of your own prejudices to make Ammo work for you? Absolutely. But rather than being another program that rah-rah shish-goombahs tries to get you emotionally excited only to offer unclear methods, Ammo shows you how to design profitable ads step-by-step through a unique, never-before-tested formula. The founder, Steve Piper, is a data-loving, formula-driven author who escaped the kingdom of Amazon to build a platform for himself where he sold directly to his readers and built a loyal following. With Ammo, you know who's reading your books, how to contact them, and what they want to read next. If you've always been frustrated with Amazon's wall of mystery, of not knowing who's reading your books, of losing 50 to 70% of the hard-earned money you make through book sales, Ammo solves all of those problems by putting you in the driver's seat and showing you how to fulfill your books directly to your readerships. Click the link in the show notes to learn more. Hey y'all, it's Monday, Woo! I'm doing Monday episodes again. I'm doing Monday episodes again because I believe that you deserve two episodes a week. I want to give you the ammo episodes every week and I also want to give you episodes from my heart. We're continuing the library journey. We're continuing the library journey in a big way. I hope you enjoyed the last Monday's episode about libraries and Twitter. Uh, it really was an amazing experience for me. Um, And my journey the last few weeks has been one that is difficult to sum up in short, but uh, it all stemmed from having my good friend, John Gimbel, whom I mentioned in my last Monday episode, uh, visit. He and his new girlfriend, Jessica, came and hung out with us. Uh, We had delicious Thai food. And then we went down to our private lake because we're bougie like that. No, it's actually not my private lake. It's my my wife's uncle's private lake that his dad started digging out um, decades ago. And over the years, they dug out more and more and more. And now it's, you know, not a small lake. It's not majestic. It has algae and uh, a lot of seaweed. It's very muddy at certain points, but they've done a great job building and and maintaining it. And it's lovely and it's wonderful. And I am grateful. I'm grateful to have it. I'm married into a family that has a lot of stuff. (laughs) It's cool. How can I not be grateful for that? Why is it that I want to feel guilty about having it? Because you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a private lake? Well, screw that. Go get you a private lake. Go dig it if you want it. Actually, that's what this whole episode's about. 
I'm going to talk to you about something that is likely going to trigger everybody. And a lot of you will feel frustrated that this is where we're going, but this is where we're going. So it's unlike me to give trigger warnings. It's unlike me to tell you to stop listening. This is my podcast. Usually I want you to listen. But the thing is, if I don't give you a trigger warning and you walk into this episode thinking it's just like every other one, then you may be offended. And I want to give you the chance to spare yourself. Spare yourself the offense. I'm going to upset you no matter who you are. But for the few of you who hang on and listen, I think I have the answer to all of your struggles. This is TRBM, a podcast for authors who are serious about earning a full-time living selling books to readers. I'm the host, Jody J. Sperling, and each episode, I'll share with you practical tips on marketing and selling your books. And I won't hold anything back. Sometimes I fail. Every time I do, you'll know it. Sometimes I succeed. And when I do, I'll give you my step-by-step replay so you can succeed too. Thanks for listening. If you're still listening, we're going to get religious, we're going to get spiritual, we're going to get uh, woo-woo, we're going to get all mystical. All right, here it is. I mentioned that my friend John visited, and so I want to set the scene for you. We were sitting around a fire in our private lake, and it was late at night. We'd been drinking. Nothing productive happens when you're drinking alcohol, I promise. Except, wait, it was life-changing. The funny thing is, it wasn't exactly John or his girlfriend Jessica that changed my life. But it was both of them that changed my life. And I should expect that. He's been my friend for all of these years. And John, if you happen to be listening to this episode, I don't think that you've listened to this podcast very often. And I'm okay with that because you're not a writer. But if you happen... Oh, also, he's the guy who does the the uh, intros for a lot of this podcast. In fact, probably the one you've listened to is his voice. Anyways, <laughs> I was talking about my struggles to sell books and my frustrations at my beliefs. And he and Jessica were listening to me. And it, it was actually Jessica who said, um, you know, maybe it's your belief about what you're going to receive. That's the problem. You've been taking all the right actions, but maybe you've been doing it out of fear and not love. That changed everything for me. And so this next how many ever minutes is me talking to you about my journey since that bullet hit my heart and exploded a whole new thing for me. I grew up in the Christian tradition. I grew up as a Southern Baptist. That matters because I want to contrast a couple of things for you. If you know anything about the Southern Baptists, you know that the Southern Baptists have really emphasized one specific sin above all other sins. They believe that to be a lesbian, to be a gay man, to be a transgender person 
anything around sexuality is the ultimate sin. Really, they don't talk about any other sins. It's interesting if you actually attend service as somebody in the Southern Baptist tradition, you'll realize that I am not lying. They love to talk about homosexuality and its sinfulness. There's a, there's a giant article online. It's actually, a, a, can I even call it a resource? I hate that word in that context because it's stupid. But uh, Focus on the Family, which has a lot of ties to the Southern Baptist Church, has a giant something, article thingy, about all the reasons that homosexuality is a sin. Now, what I want you to do, if you are a person from the Christian tradition, is to look in the Bible and find all the verses you can that actually reference homosexuality. Then what I want you to do is look through the Bible and find all of the people who are claimed to be men and women of God. And then I want you to further explore those people's sexual interactions, because there are a few that are frightening if you want to hold on to homosexuality being a sin. David and Solomon are two people that leap right to the front of my brain. They are considered to be great men of God, and both of them had many, many wives and many, many sexual experiences that the Southern Baptist tradition wants to call sin. So there's this moment of tension where you have to say, like, is it as big of a deal as like I've been taught? Or what is it? What is it? And how, what does this have to do with selling books? Here's what it has to do with selling books. You've made a really big deal out of certain things, but you have neglected other things. There is, in the Bible, very explicit words from Jesus Christ himself that you've ignored, that you've begged away as, well, there's context here, Jody. You got to look at the full context of everything and really put it into the context of the chapter and the verse and the whole thing and everything. And you got to take all the other verses and you got to pile it on top and you got to, you know, do all these things. Anytime that I get really intense, my podcast co-host Chewy has something to say about it, doesn't he? And now time for a little ad break. Have you ever heard of the Lucan Time Mysteries? If you're listening to this podcast, chances are you have. The host is also the author. The Lucan Time Mysteries are for anybody who likes a little R-rated action with a bit of magic, as well as characters who do incredibly unlikely things, such as drink two gallons of bourbon in a single sitting. It's local. It's place-driven. It's voicey. It's hard-boiled. And where does all of Lyle's food come from? Find out these details and more when you buy the Luke and Time Mysteries. Click the link in the show notes and we have every format available. Don't miss your chance to get a 60% discount just for being a podcast listener. Now back to the show. Okay, there's context. I get it that there's, yeah, I know. Yes, context, context. <laughs> I know. <laughs> he actually literally nibbles me, my podcast co-host, if he feels like I've gotten like my blood pressure up too much. That is the universe trying to prevent you from having your moment. 
but there are there are a couple of verses that really if you sit with them suggest a kind of experience that you both want and refuse to embrace so the reason that i bring up homosexuality is because it really shaped an entire church and an entire tradition and yet there are these two verses that are out of the mouth of the supposed god of this religion that people try to argue away because of context look i can argue context in Leviticus and tell you that that is not actually claiming that homosexuality is wrong. I can argue context in Sodom and Gomorrah and tell you that that's not what's being said, but you will hold on to it. You will hold on to it as hard as you can because for some reason, being superior to other people matters to you. Having other people's love prohibited matters to you. That's a strange one to me. So out of the words of your own God, if you happen to be a Southern Baptist, if you happen to be a Christian, I want to read you words, and they are reported in two different places. I think it's the same interaction, but it's so damn close that you can't ignore it. Here it is. Mark eleven twenty four. Yes, I'm reading scripture on TRBM. That's the first people who are going to be triggered. How dare you read scripture on a book marketing podcast? Mark eleven twenty four. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Then said in a slightly different way in Matthew twenty one twenty two, if you believe. You will receive whatever you ask for in prayer. I personally don't know what context you think you can argue that out of being exactly what it says, but send your worst. If you don't subscribe to my Substack, you can't comment on this podcast, but I would encourage you to subscribe to the Substack and get mad. Tell me why I'm wrong. Tell me why my context is off. Explain to me why homosexuals are the devil. And then tell me why those verses don't perfectly describe what you need to be doing to sell more books. (laughs) All right. So we're going to make the shift now. We're going to walk away from the religious stuff, the spiritual stuff, and we are going to focus on how to sell more books. I'm going to use these words, but I'm also going to let you know that there are all other kinds of spiritual and uh, agnostic and atheistic principles that also say this same thing. No matter what tradition you prescribe to, describe to, ascribe to, There's all kinds of scribing for traditions, whatever it is. If you are living, you have a belief system that has ignored this, but that has actually said this before. All right, I'm going to read them one more time for you. I'm not going to list chapter and verse. I'm just going to read them, and we're going to start to talk about why this affects your book sales so much. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in Believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Also, if you believe, you'll receive whatever you ask for in bleep. The reason I bleep it out is because some people are not going to want to pray. (laughs) 
Some people aren't going to want to pray and they're going to want to believe that there's something specific about prayer. You have to pray and therefore something is wrong. But I'm here to tell you that what you are doing right now, listening to this podcast, that is actually bleep. That's right. Thinking is prayer. You can't not pray. Every moment of your life is living bleep. Because every moment of your life is lived in this creation, in this universe. You can be an atheist. You can believe that all of this came about by complete accident. But you still have to contest with the fact that there is a way that things are. And that way just so happens to be that people who believe receive. People who believe receive every single time. There is no person out there who has not received through belief. So I've stripped all religion out of it. I've stripped all spirituality out of of it. If you have received, you believed. Think about anything that you want whether it's the food you eat, whether it's the drinks that you drink, whether it is the book that you wrote, whether it is the race that you ran, the one who believed the most always received the most. I don't know Usain Bolt. I've never gotten to interview him on this podcast. I will never get to interview him because I won't reach out to him. I'm not interested in talking to him, but I can tell you that he is a man who believed something different than all of us. He didn't wake up with those legs, people. He didn't wake up with those legs. Those legs came to him out of insane belief. Usain belief. (laughs) It's a terrible, 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 terrible. Now I'm thinking of Charles Barkley. That butt did not come to him. (laughs) Just, you know, he believed it into existence. Stephen King, Tabitha King, believed it into existence. Some people enter this world with their belief mechanisms deeply ingrained. And then they encounter other people who give them more belief mechanisms, and it becomes strengthened. There's this story about Stephen King. This is called a legend that he threw the manuscript of Carrie into the trash can and was going to quit writing, and Tabitha pulled it out of the trash can and said, it's too good. We got to publish this. And then, bam, Stephen King happened. I wasn't in that room. I wasn't in that place. But I don't believe... (laughs) that it's exactly the way they report it. And that's part of the problem with every story that's ever told is there's mythologizing around the things that we do. But here is what really happened. How can you tell me, Jody, you weren't there? You just said you weren't there. You just said. Here's what actually happened. Stephen King himself believed with every fiber of his body that he had the best stories. He mobilized his own wife. There you go. I've offended some more people because I've been a misogynist. (laughs) He mobilized his own wife to defend 
his belief. Because under the action of throwing that manuscript in the trash, there was a person who believed so much that even though his frustration peaked and he could not figure out how to do things, he mobilized his wife. He had spent so long believing in himself that when he threw the manuscript in the, manuscript in the trash, his wife said, no, 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 that is it. In your greatest doubt, I know that to be true. That is it. Let's pull it out of the trash. Let's send it to the agent. Let's send it to the publisher. And let's see our world transform. And what happened? Their world transformed. That's the cool thing, by the way. If you find that you have unbelief, put somebody in your life who will believe when you don't. Who will believe the things that you struggle to believe. Because... And I hate to do this again. I'm pissing someone else off, bringing a little bit of religion back into it. There's a Roman centurion who says, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. That is what it takes sometimes. Surround yourself with people who believe. Surround yourself with people who believe. And your belief will become more effortless, will become easier, will become more fruitful. Whatever it takes, believe that you have received it and you'll have it. So book sales, folks, Stephen King, folks, trash cans, manuscripts, belief, surround yourself with it. Now, you're going to come out of this and be like, yeah, what, what's, what's my action item? Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. It happens to be for me that this podcast is based on a program called Ammo that a man named Steve Piper designed. And Ammo works. Ammo really works for a lot of people. But do you think that anybody spends a couple thousand dollars? Now, it's a thousand dollars just to join Ammo, but a couple thousand after you've signed up for all of the different resources and started advertising. Do you think anybody spends a couple thousand dollars on books they don't believe readers will love? No, but I will tell you something crazy. People like me, your, yours truly, will spend a couple thousand dollars skeptically, hoping that this is the thing, hoping that this is what will crack the code, hoping. Now, there's a couple kinds of hope. Uh, there's a couple kinds of hope, and you're probably, if you're listening to this, the kind of hoper who hopes futilely. <laughs> your hope gets you nowhere because your hope is desperate hope tried everything and it hasn't worked. <laughs> Just looking for the answer. Please, please be it. Please be in the thing. I hope this works because I've tried everything. Nothing has worked. That's called desperate hope. And then there's also a claiming hope. There's also a owning hope. Right at this exact moment, presently, as you sit, drive, wash dishes, walk the dog, you are in a state of yours <laughs> You're in a state of being that is not where you hope to be. But there is a kind of hope that says these actions will bring about the future that I have always dreamed of. And that is a claiming kind of hope. 
It is so subtle. It is so hard to describe. It is something that is foreign to me that has been foreign to me. If you are in that state, the things that you visualize have already happened and they are unfolding for you in real time. That is what you want to embrace. So the action item for you is to take a moment and realize that what you believe you will receive. Chances are you believe that this is going to be hard. Chances are you believe statistics. Chances are you believe reportage. 1% of authors make enough money to support their families or their lifestyle or their living. 1% of authors have an abundance of money and fame. 1% of authors, blah, 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 blah. There's only this tiny little minority that blah, blah, blah. Those are the things that run through your head. I bet you got statistics to back up your failure right now. I bet you do. And I bet you're angry at me for pointing these things out. I bet you're going to a place in your head of superiority. He's just trying to peddle us like, a, you know, snake oil. He's a snake oil salesman. I'm none of those things, and I'm sorry. I'm also currently struggling through these same things with you. <laughs> I turned to libraries because I thought that it would make selling books easier. If I could convince libraries to buy my books, then I thought maybe readers would get them for free. They would love them more. And by the way, I'm going to continue to do libraries. But if you want to really dive deep into your psychology... If you want to look at my journey, if you want to see what I have done, if you want to criticize me, you have every right. Because I have believed with every fiber in me that I had to work hard, that I had to work long hours, that I had to go to six years of school to get the education to write books that were good enough for people. I have believed with every fiber in my body that the books I wrote were too vulgar and that people would be angry that the books I wrote were not funny for the common man. I have believed these lies and they have inundated every move I have made so that I've walked myself into my own belief. My humor's too obscure. My characters are too weird. <laughs> My stories are not plotty enough. All these things, as I'm saying them, I'm realizing I've believed these things and they've hurt me. I can't change what's happened before. I can't change what came before. But what I can do is I can believe new things and I can give myself fully to believing a different story. And I don't know which day it's going to break. I don't know if today is going to be the day, but I know that if I work on my belief that whatever I ask for, I'll receive. And that is true no matter what religious tradition or lack of religious tradition you come from. There is no world in which, there is no universe in which that truth is not applicable. I challenge you, look it up. Whoever you are listening right now, Look it up. Whatever you believe in, whether it is science, whether it is 
Christianity, whether it is Mormonism, whether it is Islam, whether it is Judaism, whether it is Buddhism, you will see that the law of attraction is real. It is real. There's science that backs this up. There is religion that states this. Everything. This is the one thing that is a universal truth. Well, but what about gravity, Jody? Well, have you ever been to outer space? You know? <laughs> have you ever traveled the speed of light? Have you ever gone faster than the speed of light? Look it up. Have you ever in your life just accepted that maybe your own brain is fucked? Maybe what you think you think you know is not what you know you know. Maybe what you've been thinking is what you've been living because you refuse to think differently. I guarantee that there are some things out there that are wrong. Racism is wrong. You know why? Because it's exclusive. I guarantee you that religious piety is wrong. You know why? Because it's exclusive. I guarantee you that whatever it is that you're willing to die for, it's wrong. But Jody, I will lay my life down for my family. I'll lay my life down for everybody that I love. And, and I, I, that's not wrong. Okay, cool. It's awesome to be full of love. It's awesome to sacrifice yourself for somebody else. But why are you doing it? See, the thing is, you exist. Plain and simple. You exist. So why not exist with purpose and power? Why not exist to the best of your ability? Why not exist with meaning? And then if you want to lay your life down for somebody, then believe that that person will do more for the world than you ever could. Told you I'd piss you off. What if you chose yourself over somebody else? What if you chose your happiness over someone else's? What would happen? Would it be a better world or a worse world? And then what would happen if you chose to give your happiness to someone else? What would happen? I've recorded this episode of the podcast probably uh, two dozen times now, varying lengths. And what I've realized at the end is this one that you are now listening to is the one because I can't get everything right. I can't say it so that I cover all my bases. I can't uh, close every logic loop. I can't predict every rebuttal. But what I can tell you is that what I have said is true. What I have said is real. What I have said is full of love. I do this for you and I do this for me. It's hard to embrace the fact of the matter, which is that I have always made this podcast to get more readers, to build my brand, to make people aware of me. I've always done this for me first. We live our lives for us first. There's no semantics getting around it. We do for ourselves first and foremost. And so you listen to this podcast not because you like me, 
you listen to this podcast because you're getting something out of it for you. And I'm glad that that's the truth. (laughs) I'm glad it's true that something I'm saying or doing is benefiting you. Take everything that I've said, put it into your machine, into your brain, into your consciousness, into your spirit, and understand that if it isn't perfectly what you wanted to hear, it is still perfectly what you needed to hear because you are here. You heard because you're here. There was something in this for you, but I made it for me. And so if you've hated this, I don't care. I needed to say these things. I needed to absorb these things into me so that I could sell more books to more readers. And what I believe is that if you will believe, you too will sell more books. Until next time. Thank you for listening to TRBM. The theme music was provided by the ever-talented Christopher Talon. And hey, if you liked what you heard, share this show with other readers because what's the point of telling stories if nobody's listening?